Good morning and welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. We are a spiritual community dedicated to the free and responsible search for truth and meaning and we're very glad you're here. We come from a long heritage of believing that there's a spark of the divine in everyone. And so one of the ways that we greet the morning is by greeting one another. And when we are virtual like this, if you have comments, this is the time when we greet one another in the comments where the divine within us greets the divine within one another. I invite you now to say the chalice lighting words with me if you were moved to do so. This is the flame we hold in our hearts as we strive for justice for everyone. This is the light we shine upon systems of oppression until they are no more. This is the warmth that we share with one another as our struggle becomes our salvation. Paul Robeson was an African-American singer, actor, and political activist. These are his words. I shall take my voice wherever there are those who want to hear the melody of freedom or the words that might inspire hope and courage in the face of fear. My weapons are peaceful, for it is only by peace that peace can be attained. The song of freedom must prevail. congregation wrote its own mission statement to guide its footsteps as we move forward together into the future. We wrote it on the wall in the sanctuary, and we say it together every Sunday. Please say it with me. Together we nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice to build the beloved community. We have a moment for beloved community after we say our mission so that we can lift the veil for those of us who don't know everything about white supremacy culture, how it manifests, how it's built, what its effects are. We usually say or teach a little something about what it's like to be African-American in this culture or what it's like to be uh, brown or indigenous in this culture, what it's like to be gay in this culture. Today, I want to show you a photograph of a black family living in a tent. Why? 
because from the 1930s until the 70s in Tennessee, white landlords would not rent to a black family when one of the adults had tried to vote. If you wanted to vote, you had to live in a tent. And the courage that is exhibited by these black adults and their families who gave up their homes in order to vote is something that we all need to know about. Our meditative reading comes to us today from Frederick Douglass. Douglass was a 19th century black American social reformer. He was born a slave, but escaped in the 1840s and became known for his powerful oration and writing. He became a leading voice in the abolition movement and helped propel many of the conversations about abolition of slavery. He wrote, where justice is denied, where poverty is enforced, where ignorance prevails, and where any one class is made to feel that society is an organized conspiracy to oppress, rob, and degrade them, neither persons nor property will be safe. Now is the time in our service when we join together in an attitude of prayer and meditation where we speak or listen to God as we understand God, or where we listen to our own inner wisdom or just watch our breath as it comes in and out of our bodies. In some seasons in Austin, our breath is more labored than in other seasons because our allergens are gnarly here. Let us enter into a time of silence together. be filled with understanding. May we be a light with clarity. May we be warm with kindness and may we have an impassioned love for the truth. May it be so. You are now invited to light candles of joy or sorrow, hope, remembrance or determination.
conspiracy theories have been the delight of human beings for centuries. Did you know that there was a sturdy rumor going around that Queen Elizabeth I was really a man? People were trying to make sense of this woman who had a military mind, an intellect, didn't have children. The only way they could make sense of that that she thought like a man and didn't have children was that she was a man. Did you know she would only let one doctor examine her? That's proof right there. People love to make sense out of what's happening in their environment. And in times of uh, economic, moral, historical crises, it gets worse. People want an explanation for what is happening. During the time of the Black Plague, there were many, many rumors about how it was starting, how it was spreading. And the rumors turned dangerous, especially for the marginalized groups like the Jews. Even finding out the truth of how it was spreading didn't really make much difference, which is one of the weird things about conspiracy theories is that the facts don't really seem to mitigate the theories. Now, we have a lot of conspiracy theories happening. I was listening to an interview by the American Psychological Association of a woman named uh, Dr. Karen Douglas, who is a professor at the University of Kent in the UK. And Dr. Douglas has studied conspiracy theories for the past decade or so. She said that she does not think that there has been a particular spike in conspiracy theories right now, but that they've always been with us. I was trying to find old conspiracy theories, and I remembered one that said there was a royal baby, I'm thinking back in the 1600s, that was that the baby died, and, and then there was another baby that was switched for that baby, and so that particular royal wasn't really of royal blood, whatever that is, but was a, a, another baby that had been switched. But when I started trying to research uh, conspiracies about royal babies, all that came up was Harry and Meghan Markle, and I didn't even want to read all of those conspiracy theories, but I have to tell you, there's a ton of them. The biggest and most dangerous one right now, of course, is QAnon, which says that, briefly, it keeps changing, that there is a cabal of elite uh, Democrat pedophiles who stay young by drinking the blood of children and... Um, this is an echo of an ancient conspiracy theory that's like a template for all the other ones called the Protocols of the Elders of Zion. It was an anti-Semitic pamphlet that came out in the early 1900s, maybe 1903, in Russia. And part of what it said was that this is something that the Jews did. And so... Every conspiracy theory that 
comes around now, you have this theme of uh, drinking the blood of children. Uh, I have no idea why this thought appeals to people. Maybe it's the most horrific thing they can imagine. I don't know, but it's disturbing to me that that's the first place that people go. There was a site on the web where the QAnon people first started conversing. It was a free speech site, which meant that they didn't really censor anything much. And so um, there, there were a lot of terrible things on there. And one of the things was this rumor that there was a pizza store in the Washington, D.C. suburbs that was um, home to a child sex ring in the basement. And people, good people, earnest people, people of faith, family people, got very caught up in this. One man in particular, who lived in Salisbury, North Carolina, took some guns and drove in his car up there to this family-friendly pizza place and came in with an AK-47 strapped across his front. Of course, people left. And he started trying to find this basement where children were being held captive. The pizza place didn't have a basement. He shot out a lock on a closet door and was confused to find their computer closet. He realized that, as he told the police, his intel had not been 100%, and he turned himself into the police. That was almost the first inkling that people had that this conspiracy stuff was not benign, that it could have real-world effects. A very interesting man named Reed Berkowitz wrote recently an article um, on the opinion page in the Washington Post. He is a game designer, a designer of alternate reality games, ARGs, these are games that people agree to play in real life. Now, um, I don't know much about these games. But what he says is that the QAnon conspiracy is like an evil parallel to an alternate reality game. Evil simply because the people don't know that they're playing a game. They have not agreed to play a game. They're just being manipulated. But he said in his game, one of his first games that he arranged for people, is they found themselves in this basement, a real basement, and they were looking for clues. And on the floor was a scattering of pieces of wood. And he said... This is something he had not counted on, that some of the pieces of wood had fallen so that they made kind of an arrow pointing to the wall of the basement over there. And the people saw the arrow and they were like, okay, this means we have to go through that wall. And he said, and they were picking up uh, hammers and pickaxes to try to get through the wall when he had to intervene because 
they were about to take the wall apart and and it was just a, a chance that the wood had fallen like that it wasn't one of the clues he talked about the word apophenia which means the human brain's wiring is such that you see patterns you connect dots you you see faces in carpets and walls and swirls of stucco you you find patterns that that really don't exist you're you're making them up and because of apophenia he says he has to be very careful in his games because people are going to find patterns that he didn't mean to put there and one of the things that the guy or team or whoever it is that posts as Q, one of the things they do is they don't tell information straight out. They'll just ask a question or they'll say, look for this clue or look for that clue. Don't you notice that the satanic people use a lot of imagery of bull horns or cow's horns and so notice when people are making the set this the shape of cow horns well of course you go to a rock and roll concert everybody's going to be going like this i mean it's a rock and roll symbol right and so they start seeing satan everywhere and they connect the dots because Q has said, do your own research, which to a person who is smart, but perhaps somewhat undereducated, means that you go to the internet and look for things that you notice cues in the world that you are moving around in, and you don't really have the training to understand how to discern between a good source of information and a a bad source of information, how to um, question when something has that ring of truth for you, whether that ring of truth is really a, a good ring or a bad ring. And the internet has made it so much easier for people who are looking for clues to to find each other and to encourage each other and reward each other and and inspire each other that it just grows like wildfire and so because they're doing their own research they feel ownership of this information like nobody gave me this information i just started noticing i just started doing my research this one woman who's like the queen of uh, q memes said I, I started noticing and suddenly it was as if the, the whole world turned into technicolor and, and started downloading in my brain because there is no answer to the puzzle that Q's followers are trying to figure out there are only breadcrumbs that lead them farther and farther away from reality. And then they go to a political rally for the person that they have decided is the chosen one, which is our former president. And they look for clues in his hand gestures. When he makes one hand gesture, um, which I'm not going to do because it might be triggering or upsetting for people, but it's a, tr it's a hand gesture they believe means white supremacy, but it also has always meant, especially for someone of his age, the okay symbol, 
They say, look, he's signaling to us. Look, did he trace the letter Q with his hand? Did he make a Q while he was talking? Is he signaling to us? They seem to have given him extraordinary powers, powers to imbue um, ballots with watermarks and things that glow and powers to defeat this cabal of uh, pedophilic Democrats who who are evil and controlling the world, or the bankers, which is another way to say the Jews, who are controlling the world economy and trying to take over. People believe in these theories for a number of reasons. One, human beings love certainty. We love being sure of what's going on. We don't like not knowing what's going on. We don't like feeling like the world is just in chaos and uh, there are no grown-ups who are more grown-up than we are who know what they're doing. And so they will fall for a theory that says there are some real grown-ups. They don't have your best interests at heart, but they do know what they're doing and they're in control of everything. This is something that they can hold on to with certainty because there's no way to disprove it. Young people believe these conspiracy theories more than older people, according to research. I think it's just because older people have known more people. I, I worked for the state government of New Jersey for a summer and I have to say, I cannot imagine anyone in the government being really organized enough or cooperative enough to move a conspiracy forward for any length of time. Somebody is always going to find out about it. Now I know that there have been some conspiracies, and I don't know which ones they are. Because I don't know. I imagine that maybe there are some that is that are true. And sometimes I would like to believe a conspiracy. Like Jeffrey Epstein. Did he really kill himself? I don't know. I want to believe that there's a conspiracy there. Because that would fit with my worldview. But there's no way to know. Maybe it'll come out 20 years. I don't know. So people want to be certain and they want to understand what's happening. And they also want to feel safe and secure in their world. There's a security in believing that you're on a quest and that you're going to find the answers and that there are ways to do the research and that there are things to notice and that Q is a high-level government official who knows things and that our former president was a high-level operative who was going to save the world. That feels good to have that security of, of knowing that you're part of something big that's going to turn out well. You can understand the appeal of that. And the third thing is people believe these things because there's a sense of belonging in a group where you have similar beliefs. Um, 
there's a wonderful article about this in the Atlantic where one person is quoted as saying that she goes to these rallies or she goes to these websites and suddenly nobody thinks she's crazy here. Nobody thinks I'm crazy here. Everybody thinks the same things that I think. And there's a lot to be said for that. You want to be in your bubble with your own people where you can speak in shorthand, where they know what you're talking about. Where you can say the Q motto, where we go one, we go all. And everybody goes, yes, that speaks to my heart. It's an amazing way to bond people together. People who have felt like their folks have been left out, like things are stacked against them, and now they know why. And that they are a brave band of a few people who are fighting the good fight, real patriots who are trying to make things okay again. It's very, very captivating. So what do you do? How do you convince somebody that they're not right? One time-honored but not very effective way is just to present them with the facts. Sometimes people have just let go of the facts and let go of reason and they have their own logic and it's the logic of whatever feels true. There's a lot of ways to go wrong even if you're using actual logic, but when you're using the logic, quote unquote, of what feels true, there are a lot more ways to go wrong. So presenting somebody with the facts doesn't really do much and also... It's very much like being in a religion. In fact, the, uh, the article in The Atlantic called it a new religion. That Q is a, a new religion. And one of the things that's happening with this new religion is that they had a great big fall on their face fail. When the storm never came and when the former president was never restored and where the current president is firmly in office and actually governing and what to do, what to do. It's like the doomsday cults where the head guy says, uh, the world is going to end on April 14th, 2018. And then it doesn't. It doesn't end. What do his followers do? Do they lose their faith? Do they go back home? No. That is not what happens. Sociologists have studied these doomsday cult religions, of which Q is one. And they find that when the doomsday doesn't happen, what the followers do is they double down. They make it make sense. They'll do whatever mental and spiritual gymnastics they have to do to stay belonging in that group and to stay with that delicious sense of security and certainty. Many of us have lost family members to these conspiracy theories. Many of us have lost friends Believing in these things doesn't mean you're stupid. It just means that you hung on too tightly to something that you really wanted to believe and which among us hasn't done that.
We're witnessing the beginning of what is probably like a new religion in our culture. And so, even if it has deleterious effects, as Unitarian Universalists, are we supposed to treat it with respect? No. Our principles say that we believe in the inherent worth and dignity of every person, but not of every idea. Because some ideas are destructive and wrong. And so we stand for truth as much as we can in an attitude of love and not contempt. We stand for truth and we stand together May we be strong enough, may we be clear enough, and may we be kind enough to be a force for good as this new development sweeps through our culture. May it be so. Let there now be an offering taken and gratefully received to support the mission of this congregation. If you have been joining us as a visitor, please do consider donating. If you're a member of another church that is struggling during this time, please donate to them so they will be strong for you on the other side. Now please join me, if you wish, in saying our words for extinguishing our chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. Sing with me if you care to. Remember the way of the wind and breathe and blow. Remember the way of the fire and sparkle and glitter and glow. Remember the way of the water and ebb and flow. Remember the way of the earth and grow. Go in peace. This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.